Hello everyone, it's Christian Fuchs, former Schalke player. And just to know, you are listening to Schalke America. Glück auf. Blau, weiß sein Leben lang. Herzlich willkommen zurück auf Schalke America. I'm your host Richard Carmen. Joining me as always for this Victory Monday podcast, Jack Mangan. How are we doing, Jack? Doing quite well on this Victory Monday, as you point out. Uh, they have been few and far between <laughs> yes. this campaign. This is just the third time uh, yeah. that such an occasion has taken place. And uh, thankful that it has, because as we spoke about last week, Uh, the two upcoming games at the time uh, were going to be very important and could largely impact uh, how things shake out. Relegation six-pointers, if you will. Uh-huh. Needed to get the business done. Needed it. Had to have it. And uh, we got it this time around against Stuttgart. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's certainly, I would categorize it as a impressive victory, I would say. Uh, but yeah, we had to have this game. There were It was a, absolutely a relegation six-pointer against a direct rival for that survival spot. Um, and we came in, we we scored first, which is a rarity in itself. And then uh, we ended up winning the game. I thought overall a pretty good performance. Um, be honest with me, how, how, what were your feelings heading into the match? I mean, did you feel optimistic? Um, I, I think we had some unfortunate uh, absences in the lineup due to injury concerns, um, mm-hmm. which made it, difficult to be overly optimistic because it kind of felt as though, hey, this is a really important game. Things had kind of been starting to come together in certain ways in terms of our performances. Things are lining up for us to maybe have a good result, and then suddenly we lose like three of our four first-choice fullbacks um, in addition to Kazuki. You know what I mean? So like it would have been very bright you know, to start the Rook run to here. So um, yeah, I don't know. I I think you had to be uh, somewhat optimistic given the fact that we hadn't obviously conceded any goals in the previous four games. And that we're playing, you know, likewise kind of poor opposition um, as good a chance to get points, if any. But then, like I said, there's a couple of things leading into the match that you're like, yeah, maybe this isn't going to go our way this time around. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, shout out to Eric and Joseph in the chat. <clears throat> I agree. I mean, yeah, I mean, you talk, you mentioned it and, you know, initially going into this, we're thinking maybe we get Urunen or Olian on the left, Bruner on the right. And uh, we end up having Matriciani, Lord Matriciani on the left and uh, Mehmet Aiden on the right. Uh Amongst, I mean, that's pretty much the only changes we saw in the in the lineup in this one. Um, thoughts on the entrance? I mean, I know we both felt happy about the Iden entrance, but thoughts on Matriciani starting because he's uh, a controversial figure as of late for us. Wait, first of all, real quick about Iden. The, the Iden take is that Brunner tends to be one-dimensional in his game. And that, particularly in a team that needs goals, Iden has has provided more of that offensive flair or spark. Bruner has played very well recently, prior to his you know unavailability. Yeah. Um, so I do. I, I don't know if I would have like you know over the past four weeks been like, oh, Iden should be starting over Bruner. I think Bruner's played quite well. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's necessarily a bad time for Iden to come in when we need goals and we need to start scoring, and he's kind of forced to put in there. Um, whether or not he had much of an impact, you know, you could weigh in on that. But uh, Matriciani. Um, Not great. I thought Stuttgart took advantage of him, particularly in the second half, a little bit. Um, but uh, hey, you know, he puts in a shift when you need him to put in a shift. He obviously works really hard. Um, kind of involved in our opening goal as well. 
uh, to give him some credit there. Not like he like you know assisted or scored it, but sort of involved in the way that that kind of came to came to happen. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I hope that we don't have to see too much of him for the remainder of the season. But uh, I appreciate you know his role in the squad, and he didn't um, lose the game for us or anything like that today. No, no, and uh, I was definitely on an emotional high uh, after the game because I'm like, hey, Manchester man, the match, and and. You know, looking back at it now, that that I've calmed down, that's eh, definitely not the case. Um, he definitely, like you said, put in a shift. <clears throat> definitely got exposed kind of there in the second half. Um, I think he was highly instrumental in that first goal, kind of like, and we'll get we'll get to the goal there. But I tell you, he was instrumental there. And then, yeah, as the game went on, you saw what we kind of thought was our fear going into the game is that they were going to exploit the wing backs and kind of try to cross balls in. And we saw a lot of that uh, in the game, especially the second half as, si- as Silas or Silas came in. And amongst the some other guys that came in as well. So, yeah, no. Overall, we we got the we got the result we wanted. Um, <laughs> Shaka Canada in the house says happy victory Monday. Absolutely, it's happy victory Monday. Uh, but yeah, looking at you know looking at the lineups, it was it was a fairly standard lineup for us, I think, uh, outside of the two wing backs. And um, what we wanted to see is would we show up against a team that you know are direct rivals? We talked about how in the last podcast that maybe the four teams we played previously probably overlooked us because you know hey. They're over the top or end of the table, and we're at the very bottom. They're like, eh, it's Schalke. We can not worry about it as much. We weren't going to have that with Stuttgart. Stuttgart are direct rivals, and they're going to be every bit as involved in this as, as we were. Uh, and it was nice to see how we came out um, playing well. Uh, I, I think the statistics overall show that they had majority of possession, but I think that's unfair because we came out to that 2 nothing lead in that first half. Um, but we started out well. Uh, and Matriciani, you know, as, as I mentioned before, as I thought he read a play very well that led to the goal, uh, gets a header. And then not only does that, he beelines it as a striker, act, pretending like he's a striker, heads right for the goal, takes two, two uh, defenders with him, allows Fry on the left-hand side to kind of maraud down that pitch on the left-hand side, swings the ball in. Um, and to Drexler's credit, he cuts in. Sosa could not keep up with him, and he gets at the end of the header or end of the cross and gets the header for the goal. Great goal overall, I think. But a fantastic way to start the game. It was it was like ninth minute of the game, something in the, top, the first ten minutes, right? Apologies, I was on mute. My mouse just uh, froze on me there for a second. There's the uh, I was considering that question long and hard. There was a very deep pondering there. Um, no, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I find it hard to believe that Stuttgart would have been uh, caught off guard or, under, or you know undervaluing what we could bring to the table given the performances. Uh, recently, particularly the most recent win against Union Berlin, which had title implications, so there's probably more eyes on it in that respect. Um, but uh, yeah, started brightly. Um, I think I think Trigger was a little sluggish and kind of off the energy in the first half, and, and picked it up significantly in the second half, right from the whistle. Um, uh, as you said, Matriciani, uh, yeah, kind of received that ball in space between kind of Stuttgart lines. I think kind of to start that off in his own half, and then ended up heading it forward into space. Um, Okay, if I think of the same play, right? I think that's the goal that I'm thinking of. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah uh, it's it's funny, you know, Borna Solsa as as good of a second half as he had, you know, he actually was involved in like every goal in this match. Yeah, and the first two, of course, involved not in a particularly good way defensively. <laughs> um, you know, Drexler is is sort of in his field of vision when this when this kind of move starts for Schalke. I don't know if Borna Solsa like shoulder checks once. I think he's watching the ball on the opposite end of the pitch the yeah. entire time. Yeah. And so he's asleep. Drexler, like you said, takes advantage of that and comes in at the last second, gets gets in front of him, goes near post on him, and is able to receive it. It's a nice cross from Fry. And uh, hey, 
whenever I'm upset to see Drexler, Drexler usually does something good at some point. Most of the time it's a pass rather than a goal, like, you know, an yeah. incisive, you know, a through ball or something like that. But uh, popping up early and uh, Fry playing a producer, if not goal scorer, and not for the first time this season, because I believe what, he got Kazuki earlier in the season, right? Yeah, yeah. And this is, I think, a key example of why we think Fry is better suited at the moment to be starting over Toroda. Toroda, not in a million years, would have done that. Um, he doesn't have the pace to do that. Could he cross it? Possibly, yeah. But, I mean, Fry, his mobility allows him to get the ball near about half the half boy line and then take it down the pitch as Bolter typically does and then finds a way to swing it in uh, for the for the header that, that Drexler ended up getting. So, I mean, uh, again, this is ultimately in a good example of why Rice got, got this one right in terms of you know starting Fry. And Fry has brings so much to the table. Not to take anything away from Toroto because we love Toroto. But I think mobility in this case, in terms of a striker, helped us create this goal. Um, had it not been Fry, I don't see this goal happening. But yeah, ultimately, ultimately, like as, as Joseph said, an electric goal, a fantastic way to start this game, an important game as this was. And um, you know, I, we were getting up and down a lot early. We, we had were, we had the much better of the play early on, uh, particularly yeah. in the first like ten minutes or so before that goal. Um, yeah. it, it definitely seemed like it was coming to some extent. They they were open. They seemed a little bit disorganized. They were a little bit off the pace. I don't think they were necessarily ready to for no. how quickly we were running at them and playing pretty directly. Yeah. Um, and over the top and everything, and uh, yeah, it worked out. Yeah, they didn't do a really good job of weathering our early storm. And I and my fear was after the goal was that we're just gonna rest on our laurels and 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 sit back and allow them to get into the game. I don't think we did. Uh, and maybe you, maybe you had a different take, but I, I I definitely don't. I thought we kept trying to keep it stable, I guess for for the most part. Um, as the half went on, it felt like maybe we started to get tired. But uh, I thought Shaka did a good job of not sitting back and and try to at least attack a little bit more. Just <clears throat> no, I agree. I thought defensively we were reasonably compact for most of the yeah. first half. Um, yeah. I don't think we provided them a lot of space, like our pitch to play with in terms of kind of how we were setting up our default shape um, and everything. Um, Pretty good coordination. Uh, I mean, in terms of like the marking, obviously Fry up top in the four-two-three-one was taking one of the center backs, and the other center back was usually picked up um, uh, either by, uh, by by like the 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 ball side winger or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, South start picking up one of the defensive midfielders, and usually one of our defensive midfielders popping up too. So like we'd be covering them off, and and they basically the only thing they could do was all on the wings. They couldn't really build up during the center at all in the first half. Um, and, uh, I think that pressure maintained until the second half when they, I think their defensive intensity in the second half, uh, provided them with more transition opportunities, uh, which kind of made their offense look better than maybe it was, uh, in terms of what they were actually able to create possession, just like straight up. But, um, yeah, I agree. I don't think we backed off. I think we, I think we did pretty well for the remainder of the first half. That's a good shout. That's a good shout. And speaking of shout outs, uh, shout out to those, everyone from the, uh, our Discord channel. Uh, shout out to all you guys there, and then everyone else watching tonight. If you're uh, if you're new to the channel, make sure you subscribe and like the video. It'd be much appreciated. Uh, but again, back to the action. Um, yeah, you know, I, as a, the half was waning and down, you kind of saw the guys kind of felt tired. You saw Stuttgart get a little bit more opportunities uh, in terms of chances created. Um, and it's funny because I think on the live stream on the watch along, I said, you know, at this point, I just want to get I just want to get to halftime with with a one nothing lead, but I'll take a second goal. And literally within seconds. Um, Fry collects the ball at midfield, holds it up, feeds it over to Salazar. Salazar beats beats what's his name again? Um, Bornasosa. Bornasosa. Excuse me, his name just escaped mm-hmm. me now. No, I'm no thinking about him all, all weekend. Anyway, uh, beats Bornasosa down the line, gets into the box, crosses it, and all you have here is Bolter coming across the box and does his patented backheel flick that we saw so many times last year 
uh, scored a goal. Uh, I think last time he did it was against Sandhausen, I think, honestly, last year, the 4-2 victory or whatever it was, 5-2. Uh, but beautiful back heel flick goal behind far post in the goalkeeper and uh brilliant goal, brilliant counterattack goal there. Uh, thoughts on that, just how the whole play just kind of developed. It really does kind of come out of nothing. The ball's just kind of skirted up the right hand side of the pitch between a couple players. Um, Salazar picks it up and, and Borna Sosa's all over him. Um, and this is part once again, this is the, the ball progression value of Salazar, even though he's not a particularly like tall or large individual, you know. Good low center of gravity, really strong, great balance. Just completely out muscle them down the pitch and kind of carry them with him. Ultimately, able to uh, to fire in across and then uh, Bolter, inhabited briefly by the spirit of Franco DeSanto, um, gets that sort of like back heel, you know, flick uh, on goal. It's in rhythm. I mean, it, 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 he made it look really, really easy, and that's yeah. such a difficult piece of skill. And then. Um, classic Bolter ego spends the first like 15 seconds acting like he scores that kind of goal like every day, like know, no reaction. Like... And then eventually the energy breaks through and he goes crazy <laughs> and we get the Bolter reaction that we're looking for kind of thing uh, with the faces and all that. But uh, yeah, I mean, getting the the early lead is one thing. Doubling up, um, scoring two goals in the first half and we haven't scored any goals like at all so much recently. It was fantastic to see, and you had to see it was relatively deserved also um, yeah. in, in the early parts of the game. And, uh, yeah, so then the second bad defensive moment from, from Borna Sosa there, although to be fair, um, I think the, that wasn't as clear of a chance as, as ultimately the goal ended up kind of looking like to some extent, but still. Yeah, and that was, a uh, you know, as many times as we've faced this kind of uh, goal before the half trauma to us going into a, into a half, uh, we got it this time. Not only were we in the lead, we extended our lead, which we needed. Uh, I mean, I always felt that two or three goals was going to need to win this game. Um, first two goals in a long time. First goals in a long time. Uh, but nice going into half two nothing. I think you're right. It was at that point. It was fairly even statistic wise. Shots possession. Um, both teams are passing accuracy is pretty poor. And I think as, as the game went on, obviously Stuttgart got better because they had so much possession and they were just trying to get a you know get a goal or two. Um, and we were sitting back, but our our passing accuracy for the most part most game was mid 60s it was pretty bad honestly um but two nothing at halftime i felt good at that point um but we knew uh, at least i knew that the stukar were going to come with a wave I didn't, I didn't i was hoping for a shutout but i didn't think it was going to be able to you know withhold that after a two goal lead what were your thoughts do you think that stukar would be able to mount a good comeback or pushback uh, in that second half um, I, I felt like they would do something. I, I didn't know how strong they were going to look, um, but I, I did feel that they were a little bit underwhelming uh, in the first half. Even if you just focus on like Borna Sosa's performance by himself and, and forget like the two goals where he was defensively poor. I think his energy levels and everything in the first half were, were just not there. Um, I, I'm sure there was some sort of energizing team talk or something at halftime because when the halftime whistle blew and, and they and they came back out and everything, it, I mean, it was a completely different game initially. Um, I think you could argue that Stuttgart may have deserved even a little bit more from this match based on the second half um, to some extent. Like, I think they definitely had the momentum and we struggled to kind of slow that down. Um, I, th I think probably all the way up until maybe like the 70th minute or so, um, they were kind of doing what they wanted for a bit there. And uh, yeah, I think ultimately we were maybe lucky that the damage was just one goal. I'm not saying there was like a lot of really, really high, you know, uh, uh, percentage yeah. chance opportunities that were created, but in just in terms of like game state possession and then like, you know, um, how much time they were spending in and around the final third and the number of like crosses that Sosa was whipping in and that sort of thing. I was, I was pretty concerned for a while. 
Yeah, and I, as as bad as Sosa was in that first half, he was that good in the second half. He was instrumental in that goal that they ended up scoring. And possession wise, he was he was everywhere. Him and Furish, I thought were, were very fanta- were fantastic in the second half. Uh, in particularly focusing in on, I guess it was Iden's side, um, doing very well. And then on the flip side, you had you know Endo was all over the place. Haraguchi as well. He was kind of rotating all over the place. Um, Diash and and big I call him Big M uh, Mavumpa. Uh, really focusing on Matriciani's side, especially when Silas came in the game. Again, Silas on the right-hand side, really kind of exposing Matriciani's defensive frailties, I guess. Yeah, he started drifting out wide a lot more in the second half and getting yeah. into space instead of kind of pinning up top. And then, yeah, getting in those spaces behind Matriciani, that caused a lot of problems and a lot of their um, threat opposite where Sosa was getting as well. The wide areas were a huge yeah. issue in the second half. And I think a good insertion for them as well was uh, Tange Koulibaly. I thought Koulibaly was instrumental, Agreed. as instrumental as Furish and Sosa were on the left-hand yep. side. And so... They had that good, double, good double play in the center, center yeah. central areas of the pitch with Koulibaly. He was he was helping cycle things around and keep them moving. And yeah, he, he had some good moments. Yeah, Joseph says uh, I agree with worried. all those shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said I was worried in the second half after that Stuttgart goal. We started to let off the pedal. Yeah, there was a lot of pressure going from Stuttgart and uh, Paul from Florida, of course. Shout out there. Um, yeah, no, and it, it worried me because you see, start seeing a lot more of Yaraguchi and um, and Endo in particular because Endo is you know their 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 best player, honestly, in my opinion. Uh, and then we talked about Souza. He ended up getting the goal for them, uh, scored the goal. I don't remember anymore how the goal happened. I just remember like, oh, this came out of nowhere. It wasn't it? Oh, I remember now. It was a long-distance goal. He took a shot. Fairman, a blip. I mean, this is uh, the yips that we see we saw a couple years ago from him uh, and completely between his legs, completely his fault. But my goodness, when I go went in, I was like, oh, shoot, here we go. <laughs> yeah, certainly a moment that Fairman's going to want to have back. Um, he's been... He hasn't been necessarily like peppered with chances no. over the since, since he's coming to lineup because the defense has been so solid. The ones that he has faced, he has looked convincing and, and quite good on. This is obviously a moment that he's going to want back. Um, yeah. It's I, I, the origin of this. I think the ball's sort of kind of pretty far outside the box, and somebody's able to play it through kind of like a cloud of traffic out to the wide areas to Sosa. At that point, Iden is marking. Um, could be Furig. I forget. So somebody's like kind of in like the left winger position for Stuttgart, and Iden's marking him. Yeah. Um. So he has a he has a kind of decision like stay with that player or go and mark Sosa. He decides to stay with with his man that he's marking, and no one, uh, uh, Yoshida or anybody else, is able to kind of step up in that space. And to be fair, like it's not a shot that you typically take see people taking, and it's one that ultimately goes right to the keeper. Um. It's just hit with a lot of pace. I think it dips right before Fairman, and, yeah. and he. It's kind of also kind of curling away from him, and like kind of has weird angle on it late. And it, yeah, it's a bad mistake, but it, you know, it's hit hard with a little bit of action, and it uh squeaks away. First mistake in a while from Fairman. Um. Yeah. To his credit, he makes up for it. <laughs> yeah. Not very long. I think within like almost immediately. Minutes, yeah. Yeah. Three minutes afterwards, Sosa again with another cross. Which goes, I think, was that Endo again or was that Ito? Maybe I forget. Endo, um, I believe it was Endo. I think it was Endo had a couple opportunities in the box yeah. and couldn't really get any. Yeah, but um, hits it back. Fairman has to make like a quick like reaction hand save, which saved the goal. So, you know, good from him. But um, yeah, hopefully that's a blip on the radar. Uh, what we've seen in the past from Fairman is he'll have these good streaks of form. He'll make a singular mistake. And then suddenly it seems like it shakes his confidence and everything is weird and he starts making a lot of mistakes. Like they come in bunches for him. He doesn't he doesn't have like you know mistakes spread out. It's like he'll be like either really like solid or like have a horrible run of form. It's like kind of one or the yeah. other. So hopefully that does not repeat itself when we get you know good Ralph Fairman for the rest of the season. 
hopefully that big save kind of shook it out of him. And obviously the win, having the win is, is important too. I mean, this is a, another big game uh, coming up against uh, the mini river derby against Balcom. Uh, but you know, we end up winning the game hold on by the skin of our teeth. Um, good performances all the way around, but look at the final statistics here. Two to one, obviously uh, shots, 12 to 17, really not indicative of how the game went. Cause I mean, second half, it was Stuttgart trying to get back into this game. Obviously had a lot of shots on, on uh, a lot of shots, shots on target. We end up having more shots on target still in the game overall. Uh, possession looks very lopsided, but again, we were two nothing at that point, just trying to hold the lead and really give him the ball and really try to force him to beat us. Corners, they had the slight advantage again. Uh, passing, there goes a passing, that, and look, we beat our XG in this one. 1.58 was the XG, and we got two in this one, and then they got 1.20. Um, so not bad statistics overall. But uh, yeah, the starting lineup, I think, interesting game for a lot of these players. Not, I don't think the typical guys who play well necessarily play well in this game. Uh, different ones. I mean, like thoughts thoughts on the starting lineup and, and how each of them fared, and particularly the center backs to start off with. What are your thoughts on their game? Um, I don't think Jens or Yoshida had too many moments to really get that excited about, but likewise didn't have too many bad moments either. I thought they were pretty solid, um, mostly anonymous, you know, performances. Um, but not in a not in a bad way. Just nothing nothing spectacular. Um, which maybe means once again they weren't put under like a ton of pressure that caused them to come up with brilliant individual, yeah. you know, stops or recoveries or that sort of thing. Um, I thought Jens uh, in possession was a little better. He's actually pretty tidy feet, pretty good in tight spaces. Yeah, I noticed that too. Um, he maybe I think he actually was involved in the second goal as well. We had a little dink flip pass. I think over the someone top from the a, yeah someone from deep who did played it. the ball on the second one. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I'd have to watch it back, but I think he was involved in that too. Um, so you've seen some of that stuff from him at times. Yoshida is like calm in possession. Jens is, is calm in, in tight traffic, congested spaces, it seems like, which is a nice quality to have uh, for a center back. Not afraid to play it back to Fairman to recycle as well um, if needed. Uh, yeah, what were your thoughts on the center backs? Yeah, you know, I thought uh, I agree with you, uh, your comments about, you know, they, they were nothing too spectacular, but nothing obviously costing us the game. I thought Jens had a couple opportunities early in the game where he read the balls very well early and, and jumped on some passes. But also he got I think it was he was the one who nearly gave away a penalty in the game. And they went back to replay and it was it was, it was not a penalty, uh, but it got close. So, I mean, he like he had he had some good plays and bad plays. It was just decent performance overall for both of them, honestly. Um I was a little worried when he he pulled up lame towards the end of the game, but luckily, look, he shook it off and got back into the game. Uh, but you know, you never want to see another injury. We're we're just starting to get some guys. Was back that after that header on the corner? It might have been. Yeah, it was. It was somewhere towards the end of the game. Uh, he had to come out for a second, but he went back right in. Okay. Uh, but it was very worrisome. I thought it might have been a leg injury or something. Um, on as a result of that play, but uh, yeah, can't can't afford another center back injury. <laughs> Although I, I thought I thought Seth Bandenberg was at least back in training. I don't think he's made a match day squad yet, but I thought that he was kind of doing some stuff. So hopefully he's back in the picture sooner rather than later. But maybe he yeah. was further away than I realized. And Kaminsky's in the lineup as well, so that's that's a good sign. You have Leo Grimal as well. So but we have some guys there. But you know, yes, Grimal got and, in later. Grimal made an appearance he did. briefly, and he got a yellow, and he got a yellow. Yeah. Um, but not a great uh, challenge. <laughs> But uh, I think Jens has been so important for us during this five-game unbeaten streak, uh, and, and we need to have him in here for for sure. And then I think you know, we talked about Tristiani and Iden. They, they did okay. I think uh, going back to what you were saying earlier, it's like Iden was okay. Didn't really provide the offensive spark that we were hoping for, I think. Uh, and then defensively, he and Tristiani kind of got exposed in that second half. Um, but yeah, you know, Bruner is the guy. He, he's been playing well. He deserves to be the starting spot. 
but I think I was hoping a little bit more for Iden in terms of offensive ability uh, in the in the game. But a little disappointed with him. How? What were your thoughts on Iden? I think he was. I think he was notably better than Matriciani in this game. But I would also agree sure. that I don't think this match did anything to say like, hey, he needs to be starting over Bruner based on the way Bruner had been looking. Um, yeah, yeah I, I was a little bit underwhelmed. Um, offensively as well particularly because in the first half so much of what we were doing was building up down the left hand side like we weren't even trying to go down Iden's side at all which is interesting because like you think we wouldn't be attacking down the matriciani side as much but that's what we were doing um yeah it, I don't it's know. funny because like before the game i said well like of the two right of the two wing backs Matriciani's gonna stay at home and Iden's gonna be going pushing all up and it was matriciani doing all the pushing up i'm like what's going on here like maybe that's why they were <laughs> yeah maybe that's why they were attacking that side is because he was staying yeah. home more but uh, he, uh, he yeah he was advanced at times as well obviously we talked about his involvement on the first goal too you know marauding for a little bit um between kraus and crawl i think kraus kraus i think was okay i think crawl was the better of the two which normally i say kraus is the better of the two uh interesting um i, I feel like crawl was all over the place and getting involved in all the tackles Jumping up on the play, especially in the first half, um, I felt like it felt like to me like he was everywhere, and Kraus was maybe giving away a little bit too much. But that's just what I felt. Do you, you feel the opposite uh, take on that, or what are no? Your you know what? I, I, I'd probably have to rewatch the game and, and focus a little bit more on on the two of them specifically. I I guess my impression was I felt Crawl was was pretty anonymous and sort okay. of not particularly involved. I thought Kraus was was maybe a little bit out of control at times but was contributing more on the offensive end in possession and had more notable moments okay. of like big defensive trackbacks and stops to the extent that when Belanta was subbed on in the second half and the fact that it was for Kraus over crawl, I actually thought it should have been for crawl over Kraus. but clearly Thomas Rice agreed with you um, yeah. and not me. And the two of you were probably correct. So I'll, I'll take that, but that, that, no. that was my take. I do remember uh, right before Kraus came out, I was feeling like he needed to come off. He was struggling mightily, I thought. Um, and then when Belante came out, I was happy about that. But He lost possession in, in the, the strikeout final third, I think, in the second half, yeah, shortly before he it. came off. But I thought, in general, he was actually decent and somewhat lively in this one. But Either way, both good, both players doing good for us. I think the uh, the front three... Did what we expected to, honestly, in that in that in that first half in particular. I mean, Bulter with a goal, Drexler with a goal, Salazar being pivotal in that play. I think Salazar of the three, I mean, I don't know if I can say. I mean, Bulter was lively for sure. Drexler had his moments, so was Salazar. Um I mean, what were your thoughts on the front three there? Or the three attackers there? Um, I, I think Drex I, I think Drexler and Bulter were probably both better in the eh, I think Drexler was better in the first half than the second half. Um Bulter, uh they both put in the shifts. I'll say that Drexler and yeah. Bolter both work hard, so they both do a lot off the ball, like in in, in defensively as well. Um, Bolter, I thought at times was really solid. At times, his, his first touch kind of let him down, or his final ball yeah. was weird. Like he had an opportunity early in in the first half where he kind of played a ball across to Fry. Fry jumped over it and like dummied it. Yeah, which you could argue, which you could argue he shouldn't have done, and I could I could see you making that argument because maybe it was intended for him as opposed to like you know I think maybe Salazar or Drexler following it in, but if it was to him, it wasn't hit particularly well from Bolter, you know what I mean? To and like it's kind of behind the fry, yeah, yeah, and kind of like with pace and kind of off the ground and everything, and so it's like if that was to fry, that wasn't a particularly well executed pass for Bolter, and if he had intended to hit, if he had been able to hit fry like well it was a good opportunity so i don't know yeah. i don't know what to make of bolger performance overall um the goal helps <laughs> but like the way scark has been playing i think yeah. bolter's 
that performance from Bolter was better than the last couple performances from Skarka, probably. Would you Agreed. say? Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And I think Bolter has, you know, say what you want to say about Bolter and his inconsistencies. Like sometimes he's on, sometimes he's off, but he brings electrifying moments. He brings, he's like a lightning rod for the team. I mean, it's not just for the fans with his, with his looks and everything. He's a lightning rod. And if he can get involved in a goal like he did or an assist or getting, get involved with a, a yellow or something like that, again, in a, in a fracas, the crowd goes nuts over him. And, just that alone is a reason to him for to start over Skarka, and I haven't seen Skarka do anything that overwhelmingly better than than Bolter. And I think you know you would you could argue you know, you could definitely say that Bolter's done more uh, than than Skarka on the pitch. Uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Bolter seems to be a much more technically gifted player. Yeah, yeah. I was I was hoping and, he would go. Yeah. I was hoping to see him go one more one on one than he did in the game because there's opportunities where he was one-on-one with a, whoever that right um, Anton, I think it was on the defending was. And I was like, go after him, go after him. He didn't really go after him. He like waited for the play. Maybe that's part of the play in, in general. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to see more of that because he's certainly capable of doing it. Cause yeah. he's like you said, to the technical ability. So, and, and brilliant, take, brilliantly taking goal. Oh yeah. For, so. oh yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Salazar I thought it was great. Yeah. Typically is, you know, drawing fouls. Bolter drew some fouls as well. Salas yeah. are drawing fouls, um, yeah. ball progression. I mean, uh, outside of his assist, um, you know, holding off Borna Sosa and then playing that ball across for Bolter. Had a couple of good shots in the box. He had one um, on the volley that he hit like hard into the ground. Um, it's the mm. kind of shot that from a lot of different angles could have caused huge problems for Stuttgart. Unfortunately, yeah. it was one of those ones where it was like a clear sight and went right at the keeper. Um, so it wasn't an issue, but like hit really well, made good contact. So, I mean, I thought Salazar was slightly unlucky too. had a, had a decent free kick that he hit low into a corner. Like I thought he was, he was good on the, he's, he's yeah. what you would expect and what we're looking for and like why we, we missed him when he was unavailable earlier, certainly as a different dimension, um, to our attack. Stuttgart committed yeah, one or two more fouls against us. And the majority of those fouls probably came against Salazar to your point, cause he was really, you know, doing well in, holding the ball really well and forcing them to knock him down so they could kind of break up the play there. And so, yeah, I thought Salazar had a good game. I think Fry had a good game as well. Um, obviously, having the the assist and then really kind of sparking that second goal. Um, did what he had to do in terms of a striker. And that's, I mean, all we ask is, you know, you're in there, you're in the play, you're, you're, you're pressing well, and then if you can get involved in goals, which he did, that's what you want from a striker, at least if you can't score yourself, get at least assists on it. And, um, he did. Uh, again, you know, of all our strikers that we have, I don't think any of them would have done the assist that he had on the first goal. Uh, and he did well, on, very well on the second on the second goal where he held it up and fed it off to Salazar. So I, w- I, I thought it was a really good game for, for Fry overall. Thoughts on him? Um, I mean, in fairness to Torada, I thought Torada was actually decent when he came on in this in this cameo. But I think you and I, as we've said over the past couple podcasts, both yeah. agree that Fry's probably the better choice for us at this point. Um, he, he has a little bit more mobility, can stretch the field a little bit more. Really tidy feet, um, as well. He's been decent in aerials, and you know, kind of competing there. Um, he he seems to help, um, contribute to some of our transition moments, yeah, better than Tarada does to some extent. And I think transition is a huge strength for us in terms of our squad bank up at the moment. So, um, I think Fry's we want him to score goals ultimately, we want more from him, but we want more from the entire team offensively and you can't just like look at fry and be like hey no goal scored well we scored our first two goals in like five matches here so yeah. you know let's let's calm down and he assisted one of them so yeah um yeah in that sense i think he's been doing pretty well and it's a it's, it's a nice january signing to be fair it is it absolutely is um and this game was so big for us because 
most of the results went our way. Uh, Bochum lost 3 nothing to Verta Bremen. Uh, Leverkusen drew. I don't know if that helps us or not. Um, Cologne lost. Uh, but the big one was Hertha winning against Augsburg, which, you know, didn't expect that. Uh, thought for sure Hertha would have lost that game. And that kind of gave them a little bit more room. But, you know, obviously we had to get the win. We did. And now we're, you know, one or three points behind three teams and four points behind Hertha. Uh, look at the final standings. Uh, Bochum, Hoffenheim, and Stuttgart all have 19 points, which are three points behind. And then four points behind Hertha and Augsburg, you know, four points after that. But, uh, yeah, game against Bochum here is another big relegation six-pointer, the mini Review derby. Um, it's huge. It's another must-win. Um, more of what we saw against Stuttgart, please. But uh, we got to find a way to win this game. It, it, there's no it, – it's a must-win. It has it has to be a must-win in this, in this situation. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah. I mean, as we said, these are two kind of relegation six-pointers in a row. Um have to find a way to get results against them. We said that these were going to be super important to the way the the season ultimately shook out. Uh, we got business done in, in the first round of this year against Stuttgart. We need to repeat that uh, against Buckham. Um, very much so. Uh, they are a slightly better offensive team than us, but they're also a, uh, a worse defensive team than we are, if that's possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. They are the worst defensive team in the league. Uh, they have a negative 30 goal difference. If there is a team that you can score against, you know, certainly it's 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 Bochum. So hopefully, this momentum and confidence that we get from the Stuttgart game uh, will carry over to that mm-hmm. game. Um, I like us to 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 score at least once against Bochum, and 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 hopefully, likewise. I mean, Stuttgart, um, not amazing offensively, but they're not they're not the worst team in the league offensively either. They're totally you know towards the bottom of the table, but they're more, um, yeah. I think, goal capable than some of the other relegation opponents. And I thought we did. Overall, a decent job slowing them down. Second half, like I said, they could have gotten maybe more out of it than they did. They had some chances and they they were dangerous, but um, you know, still now just one goal conceded over the past five games. Um, hopefully, we keep that up against uh, against Bochum. If we do keep that up against Bochum and, and limit them, I think we'll be able to come up with enough offense to to overtake them here. So, um, I'm trying to stay optimistic. These are huge games. If we get another win. We could be very close to safety suddenly. Once again, it's all still in terms of like moving up positions. The points are all still there. There's what 12 games remaining to the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty of times for things to change. You're talking about, you know, it's a big deal that Heritage won. Of course it is. We don't want any of these teams to win right now. But like there's a one point difference between them and the rest of the, you know, the people sitting on 19 points. Um, you know, 12 games left. Anything can change very quickly. We saw this last season with Schalke, right? Six, seven, eight games yeah. remaining, whatever it was. We were sitting in like sixth position or something, and we went on this this wild run to end up winning the title in addition to promotion. So things can change quickly if you string results together. Um, we've we've gotten you know the first leg of that done. Need to get that second to string along as well. Wait, you think you're gonna make? You think we're gonna make Champions League or win the title now? No, I'm yeah, absolutely, 100%. <laughs> straight to the top, baby. No, I saw uh, who was this? Uh, Eric, Eric in the chat says, uh, My friends already talked about game day 28, and I'm like, What's game day 28? I'm like, Oh, it's Hertha, it's a huge game. I mean, obviously, we, we have to win this game first against Bochum, but if you know things play out and in and, and six match days, uh, we play Hertha in a huge match, which could be a an, well, it will be another relegation six pointer at that point. Um, but yeah, let's first things first look at Bochum. Um, Joseph had a good question. Uh, let me see if I can pull that up right here. Uh, so Joseph who's in the chat. He says, uh, here's a question. He says, in order to achieve preservation, what games throughout the remainder of the schedule are must wins, especially since our last three games are against the gauntlet. So we kind of went over this last week, um, pulling up the schedule real quick, uh, or not. The schedule doesn't want to work with me. There we go. I already have it up. There we go. Uh, so looking at our next games, the Bochum must win. I think, uh, River Derby always, we'd love to get a victory there, but we have to get a, a positive result. I think in that game. 
Um, Augsburg is a has to be a oh, it's a relegation six pointer. We it's a it's a big game there. Leverkusen to an extent they're just outside, of course. Hoffenheim absolutely. Hertha absolutely. Freiburg uh, you know they're up the top of the table. Werder why not? Uh, and then maybe maybe Mainz. So Mainz is mid table. Like I said, there's at least with one, two. So Hertha, Hoffenheim, Leverkusen, Augsburg, Bochum. Five teams. Five teams. We gotta win. We gotta win those games, or at least get good results. Um, I argue at least the Hoffenheim and Bochum and Hertha matches yeah, are must yeah, wins. Yeah, Hoffenheim, Hertha, Bochum are important games um, yeah. to try to, to try to win. Obviously, direct relegation kind of opponents. Um, if we could find a way to get a result in the Revere Derby, I think that'd also be huge for momentum and morale and belief and everything too. Just circle that one on the calendar. Um, but I was going to throw this out in the in the, in the hemisphere because I remember a certain twenty years ago we were fighting for the Bundesliga title. Which, which hemisphere? Western. <laughs> I don't know. Northern. <laughs> uh, but we were fighting for the title, and these bumblebees were at the bottom of the table fighting relegation and. Coming down to the last, you know, last few match weeks, we all we had to just win, and that would help to secure our Bundesliga title. And they beat us and ruined our title hopes. Uh, and it'd be nice to get revenge on them because they're fighting for the Bundesliga title now. And uh, yeah, it'd be nice to get a victory over them. Not saying we can, but you know, never know. But River Derby would be sweeter on top of everything else. We gotta, hey, we have some things we gotta take care of. But that even be... a result, I'd, I'd take the draw. Yeah. we took the draw against them in Berlin. Um, you know, two match days ago. So uh, two thousand seven. Yeah. Thank you. Once again, credit to Rice. Team is much improved, you know, post that Red Bull result. Um, hopefully we, we get, you know, healthy again with some of the left back injuries and unavailabilities. Um, it looks, sounds like Ernan might be back. Um, I don't yeah. think Oweyan is going to be back. It sounds like Bruner may be back as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Kazuki, I think, maybe not likely to start. I forget what. There was some update today that we, that we missed, but... Um, we'd love to have Kazuki as an option back. Uh, wouldn't mind having Bruner obviously back as a first choice. Um, yeah. so hopefully we get that sooner rather than later and, and stay healthy otherwise, but things on a decent trajectory, um, still defensively solid, uh, finally have an offensive spark. You can't really call that a trend. It's one game, but hopefully we can keep that going. Correct. But there is a trend that we have been playing better defensively. Only what one goal in the last five games. Uh, and we're on a five game unbeaten run, which going to need to extend that. I think massively here down this, down the stretch here. But, uh, Again, big game Saturday against Bochum. Um, as was told to me during the watch along that, you know, we won and we, we did a watch along. I'm going to have to do another watch along because it's it's only fair. And, and it's everyone's duty who's watching the watch along to be there to watch along with us. So uh, it's our duty, guys. We got to we got to keep the train rolling, I guess, here. But uh, Saturday, 6 or 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, 8.30 Chicagoland time uh, for Jack, uh, where Jack's at right now. Um any final thoughts before we wrap this puppy up? Because uh, yeah, I'm just excited about the victory again. <laughs> uh, no, just just pleased to finally be here on a victory Monday and have something to uh, to celebrate for once. It's been quite a while. Yeah, it's been quite too long for ha- having uh, in between victory Mondays here. Not as bad as 2019, but uh, it was it's still pretty bad nonetheless. Um, but yeah, glad to have the victory Monday back. Excited, uh, and hopefully the team can keep this up because uh, we. We need it. We need to have. We need to have it right now. We just need to have it. Uh, period. So yeah, uh, Jack. Where can our followers find you on social media? At J M Megan J M M A N G A N on Twitter. Great to hear the Veltons Arena in full voice celebrating oh, awesome. a goal at home. Been a while. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Shout out to Marie Schulte-Bolcom. She was at, uh, wasn't at the game this weekend, but she was at uh, one of the games um, for on behalf of Bundesliga uh, and I think Forbes as well. So, you know, she's doing some player interviews. So shout out to her, our most capped guest here on, on uh, Shock America. Uh, I'll try to get a, get a guest here too, uh, here down the stretch. Um, yeah, if you haven't done so yet, make sure you join the, the Discord channel. Uh, we'll, make, we'll make sure to tweet out another link for that. Uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, make, please subscribe to the page. Like the video would be much appreciated. You can follow Shock America everywhere that streams music or podcasts. Uh, visit shockamerica.com. We'll try to keep up to date with the post-conferences, pre- and post-match uh, press conferences, plus any other news bits. There it is as well. Uh, and then if you want to follow me, it's up to you, <laughs> at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. For Jack... I'm Richard. Victory Monday. Look out.